This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Love to see it. A podcast where we watch TV shows and movies and tell you all about them. I am your host, Danielle. It's like having, you know, sex. Riendo. And I am joined by two incredible, fantastic skaters from another gator. I, I was like trying to go for, you know, uh siblings from another something, but you know, whatever. Skaters from another gator. Fernanda Sean Penn sucks Proches. How are you today, Fernanda? I'm good. I I wanted to do a protest nickname, like I'm feeling like the Dixie Chicks or just the Chicks of today's episode. I'm feeling very politically empowered right now by my my vote. Okay, yeah. that's my protest. I think that's radical. I think that's extremely good and extremely radical, and I appreciate it. We're also joined by an incredible human being, LB. Locals only hunk tears. How are you today? LB. I'm doing all right. Uh, just to warn you, uh, outsiders, I will be throwing rocks, concrete, bits of debris at you for the whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> this is a local spot only. Fantastic. I am so excited for this one. Uh, we are watching today uh, an incredible film, a documentary, Dogtown and Z-Boys. Our history is based on low riders and hot rods. It was Dogtown, and Dogtown was a place where you had to have eyes in the back of your head. There wouldn't be any X Games if it wasn't for that whole scene. Most of us came from broken homes. We had these shirts, and we had dark blue vans, and that was our uniform. There was a scary thing about it, like, wow, these guys will kick your ass. The Zephyr team had guys with all different styles and really sparked a revolution. We really didn't know what was possible. It had never been done before. There was no promise in it. There was no nothing in it. And all of a sudden we said, whoa, wait a minute. There's something more to this. People are looking at these magazines and they're seeing us. It turned into like a rock star thing, you know? For some reason, by doing something that everyone said was a waste of time, we ended up influencing kids all around the world. Now, I'm going to give you the real description after I give you the Amazon Prime video description that I was served when I put this on, which is Sean Penn narrates the documentary about skateboarding. (laughs) What? That doesn't tell you shit. Here's the real description. Dogtown and Z-Boys is a 2001 documentary film produced by Aggie Orsi and directed by Stacey Peralta. The documentary explores the pioneering of the Zephyr skateboard team in the 70s, of which Peralta was a member, and the evolving sport of skateboarding. Using a mix of film uh, of the Zephyr skateboard team, the Z-Boys, shot in the 70s by uh, Craig Stysik, along with contemporary interviews, the documentary tells the story of a group of teenage surfers slash skateboarders and their influence on the history of skateboarding and, to a lesser extent, surfing culture. 
Now, we always go into our movies with the first scene, a section where we kind of talk about the movie and talk about our history with the movie and whether we've seen it before. Fernanda, I'm going to start with you because I think I know what LB's answer is going to be here. But have you seen this before? Have you have you encountered the Z-Boys uh, in your life before? No, I think my answer is going to be the opposite of Elby's. I had never heard of this in my life. Um, They're very, I've never watched the like Dogtown movie with the Mill Hirsch. I'm assuming it's about the same thing, except as a movie. There are very few things in life that interest me less than skateboarding. um, So that helps explain it. Yeah. But, um, (laughs) It's just the reality of it. But I also think that comes from a place of um, childhood trauma as a lot of the things we discuss on this podcast because I've always tried to skateboard and I could never. (laughs) It's just not in the cards for me. Uh, I'm a scared person. I don't really do heights or speed or literally anything that can get me injured. So... um, (laughs) That didn't go well for me as a kid, uh, trying adventurous things. And I think that kind of turned me off to skateboarding for life. But having said all that, and well, I'm sure we'll get into it, but I think that's a testament to what a great movie it is because yeah. I am not interested in anything about it. <laughs> and at the same time, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I nice. learned a lot. I feel like I grew in that less than two hour period. So <laughs> there's that. That is Fantastic. LB, I'm going to let you go after me just because my answer is also going to be short. And I know you're going you're to have a good one. You're going to have a good uh, meaty answer for us. Uh, for, for myself, I have a very short history with this movie. I'd never seen it before, but I was aware of it in the world. Like I knew there was a skateboarding documentary because around this time I would have been a teenager. And when I was a younger teenager, I had a very short and very light skateboarding phase so I was like mm. interested in all of this stuff. I, I liked all of it. I liked the aesthetics. I had a skateboard. I could do some very basic tricks as like a 13 and 14 year old. And mm-hmm. I, I was always interested in this, but I had never seen the movie before. And this is, of course, LB, your pick uh, for the end of Beach Month here. And I'm going to mm-hmm. let you tell us a little bit about your history with Dogtown and Z-Boys. So... uh <laughs> I'm actually very similar to Fernanda in certain ways in that I've never really been interested in skateboarding. Um, I, th- I thought the aesthetic was cool when skating, mm-hmm. like, in when there was, like, when I kind of got interested in punk and uh, there was, like, a small skating boom uh, before, like, the big, bef- I don't know, there was, like, a, there was, it's hard to say, like, when there are worldwide skating booms because I, I'm from Los Angeles. I grew right. up here. Um and skating has always been around me. Um, so it's hard it, it's hard for me to be you know to like pinpoint. Like I remember when skateboarding got big at my school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And but I do like I do remember there being like more of a like a rise in interest, like when Jackass was a big thing. So sure, sure, mm-hmm. sure. but like I hated skaters. <laughs> I hated skaters. I hated them. Um I knew skaters. They were like None of them were, were like for real. They were all posers, um, <laughs> for sure. And they were all bad. And they were all dickheads. Mm-hmm. And like I, I think my most intimate experiences with skaters has been, have been like almost getting into physical fights at parties in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. The people who are really, really serious about skating, like the kinds of people you see in this movie, and the kind of people who like 
uh, you, you know, you'd see in like skate compilation videos. Like you can't talk to those people. They only want to talk to you about skating or unless you're <laughs> yeah. really, really hot, um, <laughs> which like to them, I was not. And I they weren't that hot to me either. So it was fine. Um, but this movie I actually own on DVD, not because I'm interested in skating uh, or they want to fight you. Paul that's says, yeah, that's true. also true. Um, I'm not super interested in skating or surfing for that matter. But what I am really interested in is the history of Los Angeles. Um, and this is like a really interesting history of LA movie and like interesting subculture movie. And I'm always interested in that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. um, my partner Robbie owned it on DVD and I think he showed it to me when we first got together very many, many years ago. Um, and it's like, again, a testament to what a good documentary this is that it's able to be interesting to people who aren't interested in the skating. And it's like, I'm not interested in skating, but I do love a good skate compilation video. Mm. Um, yeah, I get that. So, like, I, I definitely watch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, who doesn't? Who doesn't love to watch that? Uh, like, I remember going to places, like, as a kid and a teenager, like, stores on Melrose and shit. Um, like, because I did try, I did shop at a lot of, like, punk stores or, like, browse at a lot of punk stores and beg my mom to buy me stuff. And then she wouldn't because mm-hmm. she was like, why am I buying a 10-year-old bondage pants? I won't do it. <laughs> Um, but they'd be playing skate videos and stuff. And I'd be like, this is so cool. Uh, and I did absolutely like go on YouTube and watch some of Stacey Peralta's, uh, skate compilation movies from like the eighties and nineties after this. And, uh, which I think this is, I think Dogtown and Z-Boys is his first like movie movie. Um, instead of just like guys skating around and then eating shit and skating around doing cool shit, (laughs) like a little skit, a little skit, uh, them eating shit again. Like, I don't know. I love that stuff. Um, but in terms of like my background for the region, uh, the particular part of Santa Monica and Venice they're talking about uh, that they did, they deemed Dogtown in the movie is, uh, was like directly west of where I lived, of where I grew mm. up. Uh, so when I was a teenager and like in, in middle school and stuff, there would be like, kind of like where are we going to take the bus to go hang out and it was we could go east and the, t- taking going east would be taking the la mta bus and that was a dollar 35 a person um this was like the two, early 2000s but if you took the santa monica bus the big blue bus that was only 75 cents a person so we'd often go west to santa monica and like go down to venice and stuff because it was like slightly slightly cheaper and that was like (laughs) like when you're 14 that's like a big deal that's like a major percentage of your allowance so yeah uh it's interesting to me to see like what this area was like before then like these are my beaches i didn't start going to malibu and stuff until i knew people with cars so i'm very interested in it from like a very 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 hyper specific local perspective but also interested in it because it's like this very hyper-specific local culture that became this global thing. So hopefully we can we can find some middle common ground here. But yeah, I oh, yeah. and I also just wanted to say quickly why I chose it for Beach Week because it's like why is the skate movie for Beach Week? Because it's like yeah, it's skating, but it starts with surfing and it's like beach communities taking yeah. the the vibes of the beach and giving it to the whole world. And that's what that's the energy I want to leave Beach Week with. Like, we're leaving the beach, but we can take what we learned from the beach and apply it everywhere. Oh, my God. That's, that's so beautiful. intellectual. I love it. <laughs> For 
episode here i feel like anything that could be accomplished just was too nice i will say another thing for the timing though lb because a very important thing happened yesterday i don't know if you saw it uh avril lavigne posted um a video with tony hawk i did see oh my god what yeah and uh, I don't want to alarm anyone, but also Lord became a beach person during this month. So I think we're influencing culture. That's all I'm going to say. You're absolutely right. And also, I thought you were talking about the other huge event that happened yesterday, um, which is just really important for surf culture in general. What was it? Uh, which was that you bought, uh, you you brought two new, uh, two oh, new surfers yes. into your home. <laughs> My AirPods, Johnny Yuta. And Bodhi. Oh my yes, god. I didn't even think about it, but it's all it's amazing. I'm just saying, I'm saying I think we're witnessing a major thing here. Like there's a shift happening. Sure. And we might be at the middle of it. We might not. I don't want again, don't want to alarm anyone, but I you know. I could not be more happy right now. I will also tell y'all just while we're telling these beautiful stories that I went to the beach the other day and it rained and I didn't even care because I had such a good time at the beach. So like, oh, I just want to like, I want to revel in these good vibes right now. I want to revel in all of them because I'm so happy. And also, hey, this is a great movie. I think we could just say it up front. This movie is fucking mm-hmm. awesome. Uh, It's a really good documentary about a really interesting thing, whether or not you are, again, as we've been saying, whether or not you are into necessarily skating culture and surfing culture or not. It's like a really cool history of this sport Mm -hmm. and how this faction of folks like made the sport and made like vertical skating a thing basically at all. And and from an inside perspective, right? Which I think like makes all the difference. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. A tremendous difference. Um, so the we kinda... language of of the movie. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. I just wanted to complete that. The language of the movie, I think, just communicates incredibly well with the subject because obviously the person who made it absolutely spoke the language. Yeah. It didn't feel like somebody observing it with anthropological curiosity, which sometimes it's yeah. valid. But like, I feel like in the in this particular case, what made it so interesting is that you feel like you're kind of in with the cool crowd in a different way you know like yeah. those teenagers would have kicked my ass i was never cool <laughs> enough to hang out with those people and like the way that the movies made you can kind of see that they're kind of assholes but you kind of want to hang out with them at the same time and you feel like you are in a way i don't know yeah, yeah. exactly that's i think yeah. that's exactly it like these are people i don't want to ha- i would never want to hang out with in real life but like yeah. their story is really interesting and be- you get this insider's perspective on it that like so, like we talked, we mentioned that Stacy Peralta, uh, the director, was one of the Z Boys, but like he was one of the main fucking guys. Yeah. Uh, he like was one of the main breakout stars of the Zephyr Skate team, who like did go on to make to be like a pretty influential um, skate video maker, and he had his own skate company and stuff. And like a lot of the time in documentaries, you have the you have these interviews, but it's very rare for the interview subject to be like addressing the person behind the camera and say like, yeah. And when you were doing this, Mm -hmm. um, which is like, it it just adds like a whole other dimension. It makes it feel a lot more intimate uh, because it is this combination of like, you know, footage from the time from the seventies, which was all, which was done by, you know, people who were part of the scene and, 
this interview footage that was also done by people who were part, part of the scene. So it's yeah. just like, it's all insider all the time. So I think that's a really good point, Fernanda. Yeah, it really works. It works really, really beautifully. I totally agree. Um, and it's also like, this is like before I watched a lot of documentaries, right? Like 2001 uh, mm-hmm. is when you're only kind of really starting to see a lot more documentaries and independent film be in theaters, like in mass movie Mm -hmm. kind of situations right like where I grew up I grew up in Providence Rhode Island which is like a very small city but it's it's at least a city and we did have like independent movie theaters at the very least so like I did not see this at the time but things like this were available to me right and it's like almost you know I was 17 at the time when this would have come out so it's almost as if it's like oh oh, there are pieces of the world being documented and it's not like a Disney nature documentary or whatever. Like, yeah. oh, this is like a, a incredible art form and something that is now reaching mainstream audiences in a real way, in a, in a real practical way, which is also really cool. So it's cool to me that this is like a, certainly not an early documentary. There's obviously like, you can, you can call the things that were made as the first films documentaries, right? It's not like documentaries were new, but like indie documentaries being a thing that a lot of people had access to was not a thing very long before this. So that's kind of fucking cool too. Like it sets a tone and it sets a, a real, I don't know. I think a really kind of awesome vibe for this. I love how blatant it is that there's no way anyone could have made any money off of this movie because every single <laughs> song in it is like the most famous right. song you've ever heard. Yes. Right. Like, yes. It's, it's very much like with the skate video ethos of like, like his skate video, his skate compilation videos are all like, you know, just people skating and doing cool shit to like hardcore and hip hop. Um, and it's just like, it's very clear. It's like, I'm going to put all the coolest stuff in my video yeah. and like all the coolest songs, all the coolest tricks and like all the gnarliest, like, you know, falls. And, and the fact that like, this is a really well-made documentary that like, t- that it, it like hits on all these different levels and has all these different access points. So that if you're interested in all these different kinds of things, you can yeah. still find something really interesting here but it also has this like very blatant aesthetic of like i just want to make the coolest looking and sounding movie ever (laughs) (laughs) let's put some more Jimi hendrix in here let's get some more led zeppelin bra like it's like oh we need some more like iggy the stooges man like come on this is you gotta show how cool this is and it's there's something really endearing to me about that that actually like yeah, and then again, like, it doesn't, that doesn't feel as insidery in the same way that, like, the intimacy of it does, but yeah. it feels, like, very in mm-hmm. keeping with the spirit of, like, of an event of, of, like, so the whole thing is basically about this, like, local surf community um, in a, you know, working class part of Santa Monica and Venice, um, where, and they point out, which is, like, very important, actually, that you can't yeah. surf after the morning. You can really only surf in the morning. Um, and so the rest of the time, these surf kids were just kind of dicking around and they had skateboards. And they were like, what if we can make skateboarding as cool as surfing? Yeah. And that's literally mm-hmm. like how that's like the origins of modern skating. Yeah. <laughs> it's just these like bored, annoyed, you know, dickhead kids being like, what if we made this look cool? Um yeah. And, and it really is all about aesthetic value, right? Yeah. Like they say it, like when they talk about style, because that's the whole focus and that's what they talk about a lot, right? Like it's really about how you look doing it and not necessarily what you're doing. And 
it's kind of, to me, anti-intuitive because it feels like these are people who aren't supposed to really care about appearances. Like they're <laughs> leaving sort of like on the you know, margins of society or whatever, not really interested in fitting in. And at the same time, and I think the way you said it'll be about the music and everything, and it just really lets make this look cool, really speaks to that. At the same time, like there's no really, it's not necessarily a profound thing, right? Like there, there's no real depth to the, the situation. It really is about having stuff, like looking cool, making shit look cool and making people think you look cool. So it, to me, that's really interesting because you have really two kind of very conflicting ideas I think existing in this kind of in this kind of culture yeah absolutely and it's it's also really really cool one thing that that they also kind of talk about is how much these are the things that they do are sort of born out of necessity to a degree Mm -hmm. right they talk about the early days surfing and the Zephyr uh, surf club and the early shop that they had the Zephyr surf shop which is Jeff Ho and I think what is the other gentleman's name who is like a bald dude who's an actor now Skip, Skip, right? Skip, <laughs> yes. Course, so it's yeah. Skip and Jeff. Yeah, Skip and Jeff. And they talk about the surfing and they talk about how they're surfing in like debris. They're surfing that's in, a, in a community nuts. that's falling apart, like an actual boardwalk that is falling apart. But they've created this kind of incredible like club of like, no, only the fucking baddest ass could ever surf there. So it becomes a whole thing. And they, they create all mm-hmm. these skills for surfing in that atmosphere. And they take that. And they actually use that, and we'll talk about this aspect later, they kind of take that attitude that, like, you know, uh, necessity is the mother of invention, and they they also, like, do this with skateboarding, where they do it with building their own, like, shitty skateboards, and then creating better skateboards, and then going around and using the empty pools from the drought that year to like create vertical skating. Like they're kind of, there's a really good quote in in, like an interstitial, which is about like, like almost like gorilla, like art creation and like, and like sports creation basically because of this, like they don't have much, like these are, these are working class folks who don't have much, but they're making their own fun kind of, and they're making their own culture in a really big way. And that Mm -hmm. goes through the entire movie and everything that they're doing, like everything they're doing is because they don't have much and they're just fucking making the best out of it, which is fascinating. And it's fascinating to see what they do with it. Yeah. When they talk about the drought, right? Like, and the line in the movie is very casual. Like, then we had the drought and that's how vertical skating was born. And I'm like looking, (laughs) because I really don't know much about the subject, I'm looking at my partner who is obsessed with the movie and really knew a lot about it and the characters. Because I was asking, like, who's this? Like, never heard of this person in my life. That's Jay. He's very important. And I'm like, Um, (laughs) it's like a big deal. How have you not heard of him? Uh, But in a nicer way. Uh, And then the drought line, I looked at him and I was like, so that's how it began. Because skateboarding culture really exists heavily in Brazil and in Rio. And I grew up with sort of this, uh, the culture like of half pipe and everything. Even though I never really got into skating, like I was in a very skate adjacent culture and I knew a lot of people who skated. And like these things that I've never really stopped to think about. And it's like, oh, okay, so a drought created this? Like, this is so crazy (laughs) and very interesting. And again, they just say with a line, this is not a documentary that's really that interested in, in, like, chewing and spitting out the history of it as much as it is in showing it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 
I mean, I just think the way that like from like from the so the place that they talk about surfing is um they is at the beach, obviously because it's surfing, but they used to have these different like peer amusement parks, and one of them was the POP Pacific Ocean Park. And mm-hmm. even in like I remember asking my dad about it because it was it's like if you look at old pictures of it, like and you're into, you know, mid-century, like goofy design, it mm. is perfect. It is so <laughs> like corny, yeah. cheesy, great. And I asked my dad about it and he was like, oh, yeah, it was so great. Like even as a kid, like it felt really seedy and it was really cheap to go. And like <laughs> it was the coolest. Um, but by the 70s, it had fallen completely apart and like was literally falling into the ocean. And that's where people were surfing. They were surfing between like, you know, fallen pier pieces with roller coaster tracks sticking out of the water. Like it's absurdly dangerous <laughs> yeah. to surf there. And they're talk. They were, and they talk about like how you know they never seen anybody with uh, so many broken broken surfboards, and like yeah. that they it was a locals only spot, partially because they were really territorial, but also partially because it was really dangerous, and you really had yeah. to know how to surf there. Um, but the idea of like using this of these failed structures or these former structures, these ruins, as uh, and repurposing them for. And kind of subverting them for fun, but actually not even subverting it because that was it was literally like a space designed for fun right. that fell apart. And then they used the ruins for fun, which is just like, oh, I love that. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, you know, some theory freak could do could could do so much with that. Um, <laughs> but I mean, there's the the quote that uh, Craig Stasek uh, have like they have this in the documentary, like at the beginning, uh, which is 200 years of American technology has unwittingly created a massive cement playground of unlimited potential. But it was the minds of 11 year olds that could see that potential, which is like, it's like a little corny, but it's also completely true that it's like these bored, pissed off kids um, fucking around Santa Monica in the middle of the day, in the middle of the summer, they can't surf because there's no waves. uh, Cause it's, that's how it works here. And they just kind of look around them and like, let's see how we can repurpose all of this. And the thing with the drought and like, have you ever hung out in an empty pool? No. It is the, I don't don't know what it is about hanging out in an empty pool. Maybe it's just that I I had the images of like, of the Z boys in my head at the time when I was doing Mm -hmm. it. But like, you feel like you're the coolest person on fucking earth. (laughs) Just like chilling in an empty pool. Um, We used to, when I was, we used to look for uh, place houses that were for sale and had pools and like, because they would probably be empty. And like, we didn't, we weren't skaters or anything. We'd just hang out in them because it felt awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but there's something like, I don't know. There's something, there's like a feeling of em- like empty pools and like houses that aren't being used and spaces that like, space, spaces that feel like quote unquote failed in some mm-hmm. way that aren't like, like repurposing a space that's not for its intended purpose, um, yeah. which I really enjoy. And like, I don't know, something about this is like the the pool thing is I, I get why that's an image that has stuck so much in people's heads and like why it inspired the, basically what like so much of competitive skating now is, which is vertical stuff, mm-hmm. because it's just it's the coolest looking thing you've ever seen. Um, and as much as like vertical skating on half pipes and stuff is cool, it's not as cool looking as on the pools. 
I don't think. Though it's just like something about it is just it's and the amount of footage they have is amazing. And like just like hearing about this like this summer that they spent like and they're so ingenious about it because it's like the 70s. There's no internet. They like mm-hmm. they're literally like going around scouring, you know, they're like standing on top of cars, driving through alleys, trying to see who has a pool that's empty they can skate in. Like it's genius. I was thinking that honestly, I'll be watching it. I was like, dude, they don't even have like WhatsApp groups. How are they <laughs> even <laughs> how are they even like organized? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. How are they even organized enough? to be making this type of shit happen like i can barely get a lunch together now with all the technology (laughs) available and these people these children are like doing all of this and documenting so much of it it's fascinating that all of that was documented to me that was like the most to have that amount of footage and even pictures and and stuff like that of, of that time like that is just I can't even imagine having a, a type of, first of all, youth that is worth <laughs> being in this yeah. document. <laughs> but, you know, just uh, I can absolutely understand the fascination. And and, and looking at the empty pools, I, I really thought like, oh, my God, this must have been like, I can't imagine being a kid that age and being around that. Like, how do you how are you not interested? How are you not like? you know, seduced by the situation. Of course, I would never. I would never do anything that wasn't allowed. Like, that's just not my personality. But you can absolutely understand what you're saying, LB, just about the the sort of fascination that that will, you know, the feeling of coolness that you get just by being in a place like that. Yeah, well, like, it's just... part Part of it makes me kind of sad that, like, kids today probably can't do this as much just because mm. like every there's it's so much harder to break the law now mm, yeah mm-hmm. and not get caught <laughs> and not get caught because all of these places now even if there is another drought in la and everyone has to empty mm-hmm. their pools like all those houses are gonna have a million security cameras and ring mm-hmm. and you know it's all somebody will get a, an alert on their phone the second you know some 11 year old hops over their fence and like there's just so much surveillance and and like yeah it just oh, it just sucks that makes me really sad that made me really sad and like um Santa Monica and Venice aren't like this at all now anymore I was yeah. in Santa Monica yesterday uh driving my partner to the doctor uh and while he was in there I was kind of driving around and wanted to find him like a place to get some coffee some lunch like maybe get some work done hang out and I go on Yelp on my phone I search for like cafes nearby and there was a place called Dogtown Coffee. Ah. I was like, okay, I guess I should go check out whatever this is. And it was in the Santa Monica Fairmont Hotel. It was this oh, place wow. called Dogtown Ew. Coffee, which is like wow. very, very, very fancy. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah, and it's just like, it's not... Santa Monica was already like pretty nice when... I mean, so Northern Santa Monica, I guess, was always super fancy. It's what they made it sound like in the in the in the documentary. But there mm-hmm. were parts of it that were less nice. Um, so by the time I was kind of going over there and hanging out, everything near the beach was still pretty much nice. But there was areas like in the kind of southeast Santa Monica that were like not sketchy exactly, but like definitely less swanky. And mm-hmm. like you felt like a normal person could potentially live there. Yeah. And yeah, like now, now it's, now it's not like that at all. Um, I, 
at least the kids will break less bones now, I guess. I <laughs> My whole thought watching it was, yeah. how is everybody not dying all the time? When yeah, I saw them surfing fair. in that thing and going through the, 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 the I don't know, beams at the pier. Like, yeah, the beam, literally, I was thinking. The beams. Yeah. <laughs> how, how are these people alive? Why isn't everybody dying? I would die. I would go into that water and just die. My body would just be like, no, we, we can't can't process this level of danger <laughs> and these people are just that was my, living <laughs> yeah that was my biggest negative i mean there's like one negative where i'm like what the there there was like some throwaway line about hey who knew what was going on in the back of the shop that i was like uh oh what? my god yes that that definitely i was like okay what what the hell is going on there and then my other thing was like how many broken bones like how yeah. many concussions and broken bones did we have like mm-hmm. making all of this just as an EMT watching this, I was like, oh shit, that's a broken arm. That's a broken arm. That's a broken arm. <laughs> like, that's just how I look at everything in my life. But I still, I do enjoy, like, my other biggest note was I love the cinematography. Like, they did mm-hmm. an amazing job and the editing. They did an amazing job really combining the kind of archival footage and the stand up interviews and, like, really making a lot of still photos come alive with like small yeah. effects and small transitions and the music. And they really, really do a lot with not like, not like a ton of very sophisticated footage. Obviously it's like incredible to have the archival footage. Like it's amazing yeah. that they had that at all, but like it does a lot with a little in a way that is very, very, very impressive to me. And also like speaks to the aesthetic of these kids and what they were doing and like how much they were creating, uh, which again, I, I'm really in awe of anything that's new, right? Like anything that's new after like, you know, thousands of years ago in human history, it's kind of amazing to me. Like the first time somebody does this thing, the first time somebody even attempts to do this kind of vertical skating, like the first time somebody thinks to do these kinds of tricks, like they're inventing things. They're inventing an entire sport here, which to me is like, Oh, sports are old things with old rules and people constantly find new ways to like play them and be beautiful in them and do incredible things in them. But Mm -hmm. sports are old, right? Again, in my head, in my, you know, my brain, basically like, oh, sports are old, even though I'm an MMA person and that's not that old, obviously. But like, this is incredible to me, like to create this new art form, to create this new sport and art form at the same time, like blows my brain. Like, I'm honestly just so incredibly impressed by this, like. It really just, it is. is out there doing it. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, remember? there was one one little bit when uh, I forgot who was being interviewed when they described um, the first time one of them went over the pool and did yeah. like went over the lip. Yeah. And did like the aerial and uh, the person describing it was just saying exactly this, uh, Danielle. Kind of, I can't make. I can't verbalize this to people now because it's been seen and done so much, right? So you can't really explain what it meant for those who were there to see that maneuver being done for the first time. And I think that really speaks to what you're saying because it is, right? Like there is really no uh, way for me now in 2021 to really understand what was happening because, you know, we've seen the evolution of that already, but I think they do a really good job at trying, tr- kind of trying to explain um, how it was happening at first. But I, I just, I just thought that part was really fascinating because I feel like that really just explained it when they said like 
said it exactly in those words. Like, I can't explain this. Like, you've seen it already. I can't explain to yeah. you what it's like to see it for the first time. And you really can't, right? Yeah. Truly but I appreciate inspiring. that honesty and that, like, again, that, like, it is this insider thing and they're trying to explain it to outsiders. And part of it is that, like, you, it's something that can't be explained because you weren't there. But instead of, like, lying and being like, here's exactly what it was like. Because, no, like, I'll never <laughs> fucking know. Yeah. Um, and I appreciate that kind of, I appreciate that kind of honesty. And there's a lot of that kind of honesty in this. I feel like, I don't know. Like, yeah. and the ingenuity thing is so, I feel like, yeah, like, I don't think of sports as being these new things that get made up. But what I do think of is like, kids are constantly making shit up mm-hmm. when they're like kids playing. I used yeah. to live next door to a daycare and like kids are constantly just making, and most of it's very stupid. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, like what's special about this is that it's like it's that same mindset, right? Of like yeah. kids seeing something. I mean, like let's try to do this thing on this other thing, um, and like oh, let's okay, we do that thing. Well, here's this. Let's what what if we combine these two things? And like most of the time, that doesn't work. Or and if it does yeah. work, it kind of works a little bit. But mm-hmm. this like serendipitous thing of like oh no these people these kids were all like these freaky little skate geniuses and they made it happen i don't know it's just it's cool as hell to me and yeah is it disputed though because i felt like watching it i was getting like one side of it right like yeah this like we created all of it and in my mind uh, being a person who watches documentaries and believes what's in them uh, for like two days, <laughs> I allow myself two days and then I research. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's so- my thing. Like, I will enjoy this for two days and believe everything they say, and then I'll make my own conclusions. But um, I, I want. I don't even know if there's like a. I don't know, people in New York saying, no, they're lying. We invented vertical skateboarding. <laughs> like, I have no idea if that's a thing. But right. as, of, as of today, this is the version of facts that I'm going to believe. I'll research later, but for the purposes <laughs> of this show. Yeah. Okay, Paul, Paul says, says there are zero, there are pools, zero in pools in yeah, New York. Yeah, we don't. That's not a thing in New York. <laughs> yeah. So maybe I'll just say Brazil invented it um, later. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah. it was... One one thing that you did mention, Danielle, that was the negative, and I think it kind of happened twice in the yeah. movie, and I understand why it happened, um, but that's, I think, where the insider thing might be a problem was when they mentioned, like you said, like, there was this room where things happen and there are minors involved, and you're like, what happened? Uh, what is this? Yeah, it just, like, <laughs> alarm bells a little bit, you know? Oh, yeah. I I had absolutely the same gut reaction. Yeah. And it's, like, maybe just my mind making things worse than they are. Like, at this point, I don't know. But, um, and also, like, obviously, they really just skated through Jay Adams's actual issues. Right. Because he had gone to jail for, like, assault for inciting a fight with a gay couple and one of them died oh my god holy shit yeah i'll send you uh rodrigo my partner mentioned it to me like briefly yesterday and i looked it up today but um yeah he had done he did i think like six months for felony assault he had done that like in the early 80s so by the time the movie came out. He had already gone out and I think gone to prison for something else. And uh, they kind of just loosely allude to him having problems with like alcohol and drugs and violence without ever getting into it. And, you know, at the same time, it's kind of the also the aesthetic of the documentary. Like maybe it's 
and it was different times. But now I'm kind of like, oh, okay, so that's where you being friends and like wanting to paint a sort of good picture of the situation kind of plays into it. I don't know. I don't yeah. know if I'm uh, like using my 2021 woke lens. No, you're but- not. The thing is, it's like part of it is, you know, we said kind of jokingly, like, yeah, these are people we wouldn't want to hang out with, but like it's cool to watch mm-hmm. a documentary. But it's like, no, these are people we like mostly would not want to hang out with. And like even mm-hmm. the ones who like it's there, I think they're this like this is like kind of a look into a culture and like a culture of masculinity. Um yeah. of that's like very that I think of as being like a very SoCal culture of masculinity. Um that is not always great. And like my experience with skaters has been very negative. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of it is due to like that kind of Jay Adams like vibe that I don't know if that's necessarily the case. Like, you know, Fernanda, you were saying like you knew a lot of skaters when you were younger. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, like I think maybe skaters in LA just are kind of, kind of suck. Um, <laughs> that's like as people to be around for normal people. I don't know. Like maybe they, like it's, I know people who are skaters from, like, other places who are a lot more chill. It kind of feeds itself, too, right? Like, certain behaviors, when you're in a group that's okay with certain behaviors, sort of, like, you're okaying that all the time. So there might be something to do with that when you're sort of in a feedback loop. So, I don't know. Like, sometimes the subcultures end up, like, I guess, mimicking each other's behaviors in that way just because they're, like, you know, you're in that chamber yeah like the same way we have the discourse chambers now yeah i don't know like uh, the day i'm thinks i'm looking at this right now i'm like this is the least surprising thing i could learn about this guy um that yeah this is this is also i'm trying to think back to like kind of witnessing skaters on my periphery and like because it wasn't the same guys but it was the same like legacy of guys Cause I like they they talk about like some of the schools there are they like would skate at because there's like there's this whole thing about how certain schools that were built on hills they would like pave these things that were really good to skate on and I remember seeing that I remember seeing a lot of people skating at those spots mm-hmm. and yeah it was it was also like I don't know so much of this is through my own very personal like lens mm-hmm. of when I grew up and like how super conservative insanely homophobic um the early mid 2000s were in that mm-hmm. those kind of like early bush years so it would have been I don't know like what the documentary would have been I guess if they'd been if they had delved in more honestly about like the mm-hmm. ways that culture itself was shitty um yeah. beyond the fact that like some of these guys just had massive egos which because mm-hmm. I, I think that that's definitely like a thing um, and yeah. the way they kind of dance around Jay, like, was, like, the way they kind of, honestly, the way they talk about Jay and his section made me think he had died when I, he like, died, yeah. he died in 2014, he did die. he but he died. hadn't, yeah. but like, he yeah, hadn't, but not when, he hadn't the, at that when they made yeah. the documentary, like, yeah. it, it's, so they made it sound like, it, like, this very tragic thing of, like, you yep. know, he was, like, this victim of things, and, like, and, and yeah, it kind of was. I mean, of yeah, yeah. Several other things, right? Of like, several other things, but like, yeah, he also like did a bunch of fucked up stuff. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's and it's that conflict, right? Like, it's not that. Oh, I don't think he should be mentioned in the documentary. Like, yeah, cancel this man. Like, the whole thing is more complicated than that. Like, he had against substance abuse issues, and there is a thing like 
his mother, dad, grandma, brother, they all died within like the same year. Like there's oh, a lot yeah. of tragic yeah. elements and people do change and circumstances change. And like, we don't know exactly if he has changed or how he has repented. And I'm not necessarily saying, like you said, how different it would have been, right? Like that's, that was not the point of the documentary to do that. But sometimes, and again, this is me looking at it with my 2021 lens, I just feel like, like you said, I always, I also thought he was that. Then Rodrigo told me, no, he is, but he, because he died here in Mexico, actually. But he died uh-huh. in like 2014, like way, way after the movie. And it just, ugh. in the way that it was, I think he was a little clumsy. But, yeah. you know. I, I would agree with that. I think yeah. that was like kind of where they, where they fumbled on this, uh, is they could have, they could have handled that with some more nuance. And, it's very like I expected more of the documentary to go this way, uh, especially when they start talking about in the middle of the movie, they start talking about competitions again, how they became a competition team and that mm-hmm. this team blew everybody away in a lot of ways. And Peggy Oki, who I want to just give a shout out. Yeah. She's my favorite part of this whole She's thing. So Peggy cool. Oki is wow. one of the women who are, who was doing this and she won uh, the competition, even though some snooty girls like complained about her and she went to the judges and the judges was like, she's skating better than most of the guys. And it was like a whole, <laughs> like a cute little line there. Uh, but, but, you know, we do have this almost like not stereotypical, but a little bit of a plot of like, okay, you know, these, these like rugged newcomers kind of thing in a sports documentary, they became famous and started making lots of money. And I thought, I honestly thought there was going to be a lot more of this, that there would be a lot more like, okay, you know, fame got to somebody's head and then they, you know, like had a really tragic life. And we have that a little bit with Jay, but again, they're, they're Mm -hmm. towing the line there so much. And with the other people, it sounds like they mostly did okay. (laughs) in a lot of ways, like in terms of like, Oh, you know, we we go through the movie and we see them, you know, deal with fame and deal with fortune to an extent, but Stacy does really well. He becomes like a filmmaker and he has his own skateboard company. And um, is it Tony? I think also who like, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you the wrong Alba. Tony, Alba. Tony, Tony Alva. Yes, yes, yes. God, who also Alba. is like super famous and has a huge ego and all this stuff. But like, he also yeah. like has kids and a skateboard company and he skates every day. Like, we really do get a sense of like, I thought it was going down one road of like fame and fortune destroyed them all and they hated each yeah. other and get the band. You know, like a very like oh the behind you know, VH1 behind the music exactly. <laughs> yeah. exactly. So to a, to an extent, I was expecting that fully, and then when that didn't happen, I was kind of like, "Oh, that's like most nice. Are okay, and like did, you know, are like had some success in their life, and like yeah. you know, enjoyed their sport and still enjoy their sport, and it's like, yeah. oh, that's that's pretty fucking cool. I was like getting ready, I was like stealing myself ready for like, oh fuck, it's gonna break bad, like everybody's gonna like have a really tragic end, and it's like, oh. Okay. Well, I'm glad they didn't, at least for the most part. Obviously, there is yeah. you know an exception there. Uh, yeah. Like Peggy Oki again, like has this awesome, like you know, they do the what are they doing now kind of thing at the yeah. end, and like just she's like an, an environmental activist and an artist, and it's like <laughs> fucking queen. I know she's only in about <laughs> two minutes of this movie, but she is a queen, I think. And she's yeah. so cool. <laughs> she's like, I'm sorry. No, you can just tell. Like sometimes you just know. Like this is yeah. like the one of the coolest people. Like there's yeah. that like that like older surfer babe like no. wisdom vibe of like no, so, <laughs> like she understands the waves she's the coolest person yes yes she just <laughs> like, seems like so fucking like i don't like necessarily so, like, want to hang out with anybody else but i want to no, hang, hang out with her i want to hang out with her but like 
I mean, maybe it's just like the way certain surfers get like sun damaged. But I'm just like, no, like she knows. But like, where I just look at like their face, I'm like, no, they understand something. (laughs) They understand something deeper than I do. It's just like, no, they just like, (laughs) they've just been in the sun too much. And it gives them, given them like a, like a more wise looking, like stereotypically wise looking appearance. But like, I'm like, no, she understands. And like the long gray, like graying hair, I'm like, no, she gets it. She oh yeah, queen. But it is upsetting that she's not more in the. Mo- I don't know why. Maybe she's shy. Like maybe she doesn't like really feel as comfortable with the camera. Well, she's, I mean, do you heard her talking though? She's just so cool. Yeah. And like sometimes Here's someone who's that cool is just like they're just gonna say these like very simple like cool person things. And they're like, there's the one guy who's just like cracking jokes the whole time. Um, and you can like hear you can hear Stacy Peralta like cracking up like behind the camera a bunch. Yep. Um. That, yeah, that you get like these very different senses of personality. So mm-hmm. even though, yeah, even though she's not in it a lot, her presence is very strong and really balances out like the other guys a lot. Yeah, just to the, the point like, that like she does feel really prominent. Yeah, she <laughs> you know, really yeah. balances everything out by having like very cool vibes and like the pictures of her and the footage of her. She just like even like as a kid, she seemed like super cool. Yeah. So yeah. Um. And but I think was- part of it is like this thing is part of like the insider thing of like, yeah, we, I, these are all my, I know all these people and I've known all those people for a really long time and I want to be nice to them in my documentary. Mm-hmm. But like, we do kind of skip straight from Jeff Ho having to like close his shop down and like going out of business because the big companies like sniped all his kids to like, yeah. and he's fine now yeah. and he has a surf shop <laughs> in North Shore. And like, right? and like, I'm sure there were some intervening years that were not great to him. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, like, shout out to Jeff Ho. Like, his, the surfboard designs they show of his oh are, like, God. and they the way they talk, like, the aesthetic of those, like, so fucking cool. Like, the cutouts on the bottom, the, the, these weird sharp edges. Which, can you imagine, like, I, I don't know, I've never surfed, but I've seen people surf and I've seen people fall and get hit in the head with their own surfboards. I don't want to get hit in the head with like a sharp edge Jeff Ho right. surfboard. That looks painful. <laughs> but like the paint jobs and like the airbrushing and the graffiti inspiration and like the hot rod inspiration and just thinking about like how influential that those aesthetics and the aesthetics of like those aesthetics have been on like skate culture and like like that kind of Venice like look. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's you know sublime album covers and shit. I'm like, oh, this is so cool. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but that I don't know and like skaters still look uh, did skaters ever stop looking the same way no see yeah that's, that's, my, my... Question. <laughs> that's my question I feel like Brazilian skaters look more nerdy okay. Like, okay less cool and more nerdy like at least from my limited experience like they have like shorter hair they look more because you, you look at like Tony Hawk right he looks mm-hmm. absolutely unremarkable it doesn't look like a particularly okay. Obviously now he's not Brazilian. I'm just saying, but did but, he ever look like that? That's my thing. I don't. I don't remember. I always remember him looking kind of dorky, but I could be wrong. Well, part of it is that he has that kind of like he has some dorky. He has that like he has kind of a dorky face. He does, right? <laughs> like he has one of. I was watching the other day a video like that was a, a rec- like thinking looking back on MTV Cribs and how. <laughs> completely ridiculous it was and that was uh tony hawks's crib and it was like the most unremarkable 
kind of like vibe. And then he goes into his uh, like backyard or whatever. And he talks about like, oh, I like I wanted to do something Asian themed. And uh, the host of the, the, the video mentions and it's hilarious. Like, I love how like nondescript white guys like describe Asian themes. <laughs> As this kind of like, so there was like a Buddha in a corner and like a Japanese gardener. You know in Boogie Nights when he's showing his house and he's like, this is my dojo. <laughs> that was kind of that energy. <laughs> That's the vibe I always get. Every single time I just think of him showing, like Mark Rothberg showing Julianne, we're like, this is my dojo. Oh my God. But like To me, that's Tony Hawk. I don't know. Like that's. I mean, like, as a oh, kid... Granted, this was from, like, 18 years ago. I don't know. Right. Like, TV Crips is early 2000s. <laughs> right. Like, Tony Hawk might have evolved as a person. Like, oh, I'm, I'm sure he has. <laughs> and his, his Twitter is great. But, like, as a child, he looked like these kids. Like, they all looked like this. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I watched a bunch of, like, skate document, Like, not skate documentaries. Oh, skate uh, compilation videos from, like, the 80s and early 90s. And remembering watching, like, Video Days, which is the um, the Spike Jones one uh like by watching that when i was a teenager and like i don't know like it's not the exact same look like there's some variation hair length and like style and like i don't know there's still though there's like a there's like a thing yeah Oh yeah, okay, this is, just, Paul posted a really good picture of, of young Tony. Yeah. Hawk. That's a good look. I'll say I want that, that I stand hair. corrected. I'm looking at young Tony Hawk, and I'm like, I have to <laughs> see because we're the same myself. age. We're the same age, Fernanda. So like, I remember yeah. Tony Hawk as being like, he's in a commercial selling me yeah. like juice drink. <laughs> like he's crushing a half pipe, going up, and then like you know a librarian falls over, and then there's an explosion, and someone plays guitar, and he crushes some juice drink, and says like. That's some <laughs> radical juice drink, and then the Power Rangers come out, and it's the '90s. Like that's that's what it, that's every commercial was like that, right? Yeah. Or he like appears in like a roast or something like very <laughs> tame celebrity yeah. like status. Exactly. <laughs> I love that commercial. By the way, we should we should work on creating it one day. Honestly, okay, I have. I'm inspired. Yeah, I have a brain problem. I have a a brain problem where, like, every time I'm in the kitchen by myself, like, I watch too much TV as a kid, and I'm in the kitchen by myself, and I'll be like, it's 2 a.m. I'm going to make some nachos. And you know that, like, fisheye lens, like, librarian who was in all the night specials? That person shows up in my head, like, it's 2 a.m. You can't have nachos. And then in my head, like, electric guitar goes, like, and then, like, these skaters come out. And, like, I don't know, like, a big thing of nacho cheese, like, knocks over the librarian. And it's like, yeah, I can't. I can do whatever I want. It's the 90s. In my head every single time. That's amazing. I love it. I have television dialogues too, but yours is like extreme and I love it. That's so beautiful. I love this vision, honestly. Yeah. I I thought everyone had this. I thought this was everyone's brain all the time was like the Kool-Aid man was coming in. Like, no, you can't have cookies for breakfast. (laughs) In my defense, the Kool-Aid man was not a thing in Brazil. Oh, okay. oh. I'm oh, saying it's my standard. I really we should do we need to do a thing like we were talking about having Canada week. Uh I would love to have like a thing where we all bring to the table like the childhood commercials from like where we're from. Oh, oh that would be amazing. Oh my god. Oh my god. 
Because I want to see the Brazilian like commercials. I want to see a them. lot of ass. A lot of ass. <laughs> that makes Incredible. Be prepared for tits and ass. Um, <laughs> okay, I'm prepared. I'm ready. I love it. My body I love is this ready. Idea. I'm ready. <laughs> Honestly, <sighs> I'm trying to even think. What are the Rhode Island commercials like? Ah, shit, like, hmm. It's going to take me some time. I'll figure it out, though. I mean, we have some really good local access commercials with great accents. That's probably the best I can do, honestly. That's good. I'll take it. Probably some car dealership being like, you want a new car? Come on down to Al's Combine. (laughs) Like, that's probably Don't underestimate your culture, Danielle. I shouldn't. You're right. It's got its value, too. Italian restaurants and car dealerships (laughs) and shit like that. That's what I've got. I can't offer the tits and ass, sadly. Uh, But I can offer the commercials of my people, Italian-Americans who live in Rhode Island. (laughs) That's beautiful. I I love regional culture, though. That's, like, one of the reasons that I'm drawn to this movie. It's Mm -hmm. like... I love that. I love to see like, because I feel like so much of culture right now is getting like less and less regional and more and more because like everyone's on the internet and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, that's cool. And that's great. And that has its own benefits, but like, there's just yeah. a flavor to regional stuff. Yeah. That's very, it's what you talk to, to your neighbors about, you know, it's the thing that you can talk to your neighbor or the person waiting on the bus, you know, like when you have these encounters with human beings in reality, in your real life, which I know we, you know, a lot of people didn't have much of that for a year and change. Uh, and, and now things are, at least in New York City, things are genuinely opening back up a lot because we we crossed the 70% threshold of adults vaccinated recently. Nice, which is like, congrats. That's awesome, Woo-hoo. which is really, really good. So it's like a little bit more, a little bit more normal. It's not obviously all the way normal, but a little bit more normal. And like, you have, you have these conversations with, you know, the bodega guy, or you have these conversations with like, oh, you know, if somebody's like waiting for the bus and like, they want to know what time it is. And, you know, you're always, you always have these moments and it's like regional things are the things you talk to with your neighbors about. If you have nothing else, you all live in the same space. You all have to deal with some of the same bullshit. So you, you complain about it with each other, you know, that kind of thing. Right. So, yeah. Or maybe that's a very New York thing that we all just complain about things to each other. <laughs> it's like no. this fucking weather, right? Like that's <laughs> Paul. Paul will know. Paul will like, yeah, these fucking Knicks. Exactly. Like how the sports <laughs> teams are doing, how the weather is, what you're complaining about that day. And it's like beautiful because we all that's share global. in these things. You know, Brazil so. too. But instead of the Knicks, we talk about like Flamengo or whatever. Oh, yeah. But it's, yeah. yeah. Relatable. That's the the thing that ties us together. Very uninspiring conversations in complaining tone about very broad subjects such as the weather and sports. Right? right? We it's, usually it's talk about drought. Fabric. It's usually just weather for. I mean, like maybe it's because I'm not the. It's very obvious to everyone around me that I don't know what's happening in local sports. Um, <laughs> like it's like I just wear that on my you know it's like a, like a big like flashing sign over my head that everyone can see but me um, but like yeah it's a lot of like oh yeah no the uh, snow packs are gone already like we're in for another dry one fire season this year is gonna be rough oh shit yeah <laughs> it's a lot of like I mean, a weather conversation that's dark shit right there that's dark I mean like for real I get it though <laughs> I get it. Yeah. Or, but I mean, if it's nice, it's like, oh, the, uh, the the rain we got, it's going to be a nice spring. No, I mean, not this yeah. year, but like a couple of years ago, that's happened. I did live in California for a few years, but it wasn't SoCal. 
So I do yeah. remember people talking about rain with like love. But once you go back to the East Coast, nobody is not incredibly pissed off when it rains. Like, oh, no, they hate it. We hate it when it rains. So angry. Oh, Danielle, have you you've ever driven in L.A. in the rain? I've I've driven in L.A., but I don't think it was in the rain. I don't remember any rain I'm happening from here. And I it's like people it's like, OK, every month, like I get my period and my body is shocked that this yep. has happened. And like, yep. it's like, it's like, this is unprecedented. Fair. I'm like, this happens every month, guys. Like, come on. Fair. That's how mm-hmm. LA people are in the rain. <laughs> Driving in the rain. They're like, what is this stuff? Rio like, too. This just, this just happened. This just, That's like, Rio too. It'll be like day five of rain and people yeah. will go out and be like, what is this? It's like tears, but from sky. What is the salty discharge? What is this? What is this? What is happening? How do I Rain drive? It's just it's like, the bro. period of weather, right? Like that's just what it is, right? Like I think that's what it is. the same way. I like I Rio is the same way. It's yeah. like and it floods and it rains and we have like very bad flash rains and it's the thing that's happened since forever because it's rain. Traffic in Rio is insane normally. But yeah. then it rains and it's exactly the same thing as you're describing. Like, what what could be happening? <laughs> and then like every, all the accidents happen and then things yeah. close and it's like, we just were not prepared for water falling out of the <laughs> but sky. But isn't, isn't there that a is lot just... of rain in Rio? <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, depending on the season. <laughs> sure. Yeah. But yeah, there is like, it wild. depends. And like during summer, we have like very bad, what we call summer rains. Mm. Yeah. And it's like, they're short, but intense and shit floods a lot. And same thing. And it's just like, I won't get out of the house because everybody's stupid. Nobody knows how to drive a car or an umbrella. Like that's just how it happens. So I feel like another bonding point for Nana. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. We're kindred spirits, Elby. I feel Absolutely. It. <laughs> I know. I know. Paul and I have a very kindred spirits when it comes to weather as well. Just <laughs> he knows okay. we have to walk in everything. In what? That's why. Oh, like we have to walk in yeah. horrible snow, zero, well below zero degrees, well above a hundred degrees. Like all of it, we have to walk in all of it. So we just like, yeah, skin burns from the cold. Like your eyes hurt from the cold. Like we have yeah. all of it. Oh, we just all we slipping down all subway stairs. Oh, oh got so the awful. soggy ass like subway that's like falling oh. apart. The rundown, oh, all of it, all of it. It's just I, when I lived in Massachusetts briefly, like I think it was the first time it snowed and then rained over the snow. Oh and yeah, I, and then oh, it was yeah. like it was like seven days into raining, like going between rain and snow. I was like, this is disgusting. <laughs> it's awful. like I like I, I'm in an idyllic New England town, and this is the filthiest, dirtiest, most disgusting <laughs> slush. I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. okay, snow is no longer romantic to me. Yeah, no, I, I it, it, growing up in it, it never was. Same even thing. when you play in it, like even if you grow up playing in it, it still sucks. Like, I don't know. I feel like the luster is off once you're like eight. <laughs> like you're already done with it at that point. I don't know. Uh, but I guess we're we've, spending <laughs> like three months in Toronto. I'm I'm with you there. You're too. good. Yeah. No oh. It's. Lost its beauty. Oh, yes. that'll that's gnarly. That'll be gnarly. Yeah. Just, just give me a postcard. That's fine. I'm good. Thanks. Thanks. I'd like to do. I'll do summer in Toronto. That sounds perfect. Yeah. That's beautiful. That seems all right. 
I love that like we did this local documentary thing we had and now to. we're just yeah. getting the like local to. person talk. Well, I, I love oh, it. I actually do have something that's related to snow. Haha. <laughs> yes. So one thing I think is actually really interesting about skateboarding as a sport is that it's like it's acknowledged as a sport, but it also remains kind of on like the outskirts. Yeah. If that makes sense, like it's not completely folded into like sports industrial complex or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what else yeah. to call it. But like like it's it, it's maintained its own identity a lot. Like snowboarding's in the Olympics, but skateboarding's on the Olympics. Skateboarding will never be in the Olympics. And that's kind of cool to me. Like Is it really not in the Olympics? Skateboarding is not in the Olympics, no. Yeah, Are you sure about it? It is. it is. This year it is. It is? It Skateboarding is. in the Olympics yeah. this year? Babe, yeah. let, me, let me use my consultant. Skateboarding is in the Olympics, isn't it? Yes. It is, yeah. It's the yeah. first year, no? Yeah. <laughs> it's a demonstration. Yeah, they do sometimes, like, this. some sports, they do, like, demonstrations. Yeah. Like, okay, but it's not competitive, is it? Well, yeah, like, he's saying it's probably not going to be in Paris, but it will be in L.A. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, well, if that's the Olympics, my consultant. We're not letting it come to the, uh, we're not letting it come to L.A. <laughs> <laughs> we're not allowing that. Yeah. I can't believe I'm this. I'm reading an article right now from yesterday that's talking about the first U.S. Olympic skateboarding team. I can't believe this. LA. This is so It was unveiled tragic. in L.A., LB. It was unveiled in this L.A. This is so wrong. This is so wrong. This shouldn't be happening. This is wrong. Oh, I don't so want it. Like, fine. Then never mind. I thought it had. I was going to make this cool point, and now my heart's just broken. So we'll show thrill throw shit at them from the boardwalks as Paul. Hell yeah. Okay, well, we're doing it. And then we will get arrested and taken to Disney jail somehow because that is what (laughs) that's what life is now. Olympics jail. Olympics jail. Well, yeah. I mean, hey, yeah. Also, though, like the Summer Olympics are where the the like kind of fun stuff happens. To be to be honest, like that's where like the the wild like rock climbing but they're like speed rock climbing happens now which is actually really cool and doesn't seem like the most mainstream thing either like that it feels to me like summer olympics are where a lot of cool shit ends up kind of happening it's like the only olympics, the olympics i acknowledge so. interesting i'm anti all olympics until it's figure skating time <laughs> <laughs> yeah in brazil like queer we have like a few like volleyball like it's a thing but i knew about skateboarding being in it because brazil has like shots of medals okay. and some stuff and yeah. it's not that i'm like reading up on it but it's like it's shit that appears to me as a sports journalist who is from brazil right. is that in the olympics yet <laughs> uh no and i don't think it will be isn't like, boxing there's though? that conversation boxing, boxing is, is yes yeah but they and should put MMA in. And wrestling, taekwondo, boxing, judo. Uh, judo, taekwondo, karate. and boxing are. Wrestling, uh, for women, it's only freestyle wrestling. But for men, men and women, it's both freestyle and Greco-Roman and wrestling. Yeah. So. Yeah, Greco-Roman Which, wrestling is like the first Olympic. Yeah. That and like, like foot nude, race. I think it's like foot race, Greeks. Greco-Roman, and maybe one other thing. But yeah, that's absolutely like the first nude greeks doing i absolutely love our digressions today like (laughs) we're all about it today we talked traffic we talked uh weather we talked 
Olympics. Yeah. I feel like we covered all the ground we and did. I'm proud of us on Nude Greeks, as nude Paul's Greeks. pointing out, we got nude Greeks in here. I feel like this is the right energy. Look, this was a movie about embracing radical energy and making it your own. And that's what we did with our own podcast. We did. <laughs> we, yep. did. we took the structure of our podcast and we subverted it that's to right. our own ends. That's Amazing. right. We, we have made our own busted up here. <laughs> our playground yeah we we threw the rocks at the outsiders today <laughs> and, and, performed, and performed dangerous possibly lethal maneuvers i love this i told us we were cha- i told everybody we were changing the culture and everybody was like no and on this trip ain't nobody changing the culture in this podcast i'm just saying i mean i never disagreed with you i was like oh i was very intrigued yeah. by this but now i'm convinced you're, I'm, you're, I'm, I'm sold i'm sold yeah. Uh, we wrap I wonder up what we're gonna do next month since oh. our oh since our theme is gonna be so um, criminal. <laughs> I should wonder we, how we're gonna influence. Shall things. we? So should we reveal our secret plans? I think we should. I think we should. Uh, Fernanda, do you wanna do you wanna go ahead and say it? Because you're. It sounds like you're very excited about it. So please. Oh, okay. I next month is the month that we. By the way, it was actually LB. I can't take the genius <laughs> away from LB's name. Yeah. Is you love to steal it, Mom. Ta-da! <laughs> Woo! Woo! And claps and laughs. I don't know if we're going to do effects, but you can fill in the blanks. <laughs> and it's about, it's heist movies and TV shows, maybe. I don't know. I think I'm, we're only, I think we're only doing bad that I'm introducing this. Yeah, heist, we're, heist doing we're doing a quick digression. Yeah. We're doing a quick diversion next week. Um, to enjoy a franchise that used to be about heists, uh, but kind of lost their way. Um, but hopefully, <laughs> uh, it'll still be pretty awesome. We're gonna watch Fast Nine, which is coming out this weekend. It's still about Fast radical Nine. energy, though. It is still very yes. much about radical energy, and it's of course like, okay, check this out. Our first, I would argue that our the first Beach Week movie or Beach Month movie we ever did was before Beach Month and was Point yes. Break. Yes. Right. Yeah. Point Break is also a heist movie, so I would say it also ties in to you love to steal it. Yes. The first Fast and the Furious movie is basically just Point Break, but they give it a happy ending. Mm. Fast Nine oh, is a, yeah. the continuation of that. So yeah, it's. I mean, maybe they'll go to the beach. We don't know. We haven't seen it yet. We haven't it's seen exciting. it. You're right. Maybe they'll skateboard. Maybe they'll skateboard. Oh, that would be great. Yes. They need to add skateboarding and space. They have wheels. They do have wheels. You can go fast. But yeah, and then after that, it's all heist movies all July long. So keep an eye out for that. I'm really looking forward to it. I think we're we're having a lot of fun with our themes, personally. Well, I guess I just Mm -hmm. spoke for everybody. I'm having a lot of fun (laughs) with our themes. (laughs) No, me too. I hope y'all are too. Because this wouldn't be nearly as fun a podcast if it was, like, fun for me and not fun for other people. Because that would really be, like, completely shitty, to be honest. Uh, that would be some weird, like, Liz Lemon energy. And I'm not, I'm not like her. I'm not. I'm not you're like her. You're really not. You're very That nice. would be, like, no, you're not. But it would be, like, 80% of podcasts, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, that's true. That is, like, true. just the people in it are enjoying it. But that's also- Okay. Because I think people should live their truths. Sorry, I'll be continuing. <laughs> no, that's fine. I, I was worried that I was like walking into the bank of this podcast with a gun and being like, you have to watch heist movies with me all one block. <laughs> no, these are what they are. All. And I'm not letting you have any input in this, which is what I did. 
A little, but, but I like your energy because <laughs> because it takes forever for us to come to a conclusion. And I feel like you saved us a lot of trouble by just being like, you know what? No, we're doing this. Well, I'm also setting a precedent it. that if it's your birthday month, you get to become the birthday tyrant. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm putting that out there so we can all become birthday tyrants when our months come. I think that's awesome. I mean, I, <laughs> we I said like get in losers. Thanks, Paul. <laughs> we're going heisting. Uh, <laughs> Get in, losers. I love that. And I love that energy for us. Uh, anything else anybody want to talk about for next month or or closing out our amazing skate documentary for today? No, well, I think we covered it all and then some. Yeah, yeah we covered a lot. <laughs> we covered a lot of ground on our skateboards today. And I'm really proud of us. And I'm really excited. I am very excited, uh, again, for Fast 9 and for You Love to Steal It. So that's what we have uh, for this week for y'all. We do hope you enjoyed your cinematic journey with us. Uh, If you do have a second to rate and review our podcast, that helps us so much and we really appreciate it. So if you could just go ahead and do that, we we would love that. We would love to see it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, If you tell a friend, we would love to see that too or hear about it. Uh, And you can listen to all of our shows at fanbite.com slash podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Fanbyte Media and Instagram at TikTok on Fanbyte. And, of course, on fanbyte.com. And, of course, you can watch our excellent streams, which are on twitch.tv slash fanbyte. Thank you so, 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 so very much uh, to Paul Front Yard Lookout, to Mayo for producing this show. Uh, if you want to follow Paul, he is on polymayo on Twitter. Uh, and, of course, you can also go to Discord and talk to us about the movies we're watching. That is fanbyte.casa. Uh, very, very excited about it all. Fernanda, where can people find you online? I'm on Twitter at Nanda, N-A-N-D-A, Prates, P-R-A-T-E-S, underscore. And you can also listen to the podcast that I host also on Fanbyte, Best Camp of My Life, which is about MMA and MMA adjacent things. Incredible. The the other new sport, I guess, that that has come out in the last, like, 50 years, right? (laughs) Basically. Um, Or, I guess, major sport. LB, how about you? Where are you online? You can find me on Twitter at Hunk Tears and uh, writing things and hanging out on fanbyte.com. I am on Twitter at Danielle RI. If you ever want to follow me and uh, talk about you know gym shit with me, that's always fine. And until next week, where we are watching Fast 9 and starting off uh, an incredible uh, new month, if you love to see it, we bid you adieu and we say you love to see it. Hi, Merrick Kay here for the Fanbyte Podcast Network. I'd like to tell you about Channel F a show where we talk about the games we're playing. Can I just say how much I would love for there to be a Hitman game that's just about making people experience embarrassing social faux pas, trying to, like, prank people and make it seem like they had farted or, like, tripped on something? (laughs) That would be, like, very good. Dig up weird finds at thrift stores. So the Uh, listing says, Bung Doctor V64. (laughs) And take your questions about the best jokers. Flabars Martin asks, what's the best or coolest weapon ever given to a mech 
Gundam Fusion Rebake has a really good. Oh, give, me, give me that one more time. Gundam Fusion Rebake. Yo, I heard you. <laughs> Gundam Fusion. I personally guarantee, as the president of podcasts at Fanbyte, that listening to Channel F will make you a better, smarter, more powerful version of yourself. So go to fanbyte.com slash podcasts or search for Channel F on your podcast app of choice today. Improvement not guaranteed. Listening to Channel F may cause geographication.